Hello everyone and we're live. Um, today's guest is someone who I met I think about maybe a year ago um, through Ismay and he's an absolutely fantastic guy. Um, he's, a he's known as a sales relationship coach. Um, Jason has so many years experience and I was just touching on this before we went live. He's 25 years experience in sales, in sales training, and working with teams to really work on the relationship side of sales. Um, so anyone that's really struggling on um, closing a sale, um, how to start a sale, how to get those relationships forming in your business, um, please reach out to Jason. He's absolutely phenomenal when it comes to this side of things. Um, I've had the pleasure of being on a course with Jason and he's really really hands-on so when he talks about sales it's not just the theoretical side it's very much a practical take home so have a pen and paper out and um, take notes because you will definitely want to take them and hear him speak and he has an amazing podcast as well for anyone that wants to listen in he's he's a global sales leader podcast and um, series which is absolutely brilliant for anyone that wants to learn and his podcast is on nearly every i think every the i was listening to it myself on google podcast but i think it's across all the platforms as well and he's also an nlp practitioner master practitioner so he comes at it from a very different aspect to maybe most people that would look at things um so welcome jason it's fantastic to have you here today welcome thank you so really old now no 25 years stuff and it's uh wow Scott, it's really has come quickly so uh, i really appreciate that and thanks for the nice introduction and while i while i was doing that the phone rang typical always so i had to mute myself and uh, do that but you know that's just the nature of the beast so sometimes you just have to be prepared and just pivot on everything that you do and change your approach to absolutely everything because when things happen like that, uh, and when the phone goes on and you're in a live broadcast like this, you have to pivot and then you have to sort of make sure that you're in the room, make sure that your approach is actually to be completely focused in on what you're doing right now. And right now is uh, speaking to yourself, Louis. So I really appreciate the kind introduction. Thank you. So I'm, I suppose I'm coming from a retail background. I was in it 15 years myself. And I suppose sales, predominantly when we would look at, I suppose, training people in with sales, it would always come down to, you know, um, I don't know how you think about this, but it would be, you know, how comfortable people are with it. And a lot of people I found when I was training them, they were very worried they'd come across like the car salesman when a customer entered the store. Oh, I don't really want to come across this way, Louise. I want to be really authentic in the way that I approach customers. But also we want to convert customers. We want to obviously see that um, happen as well. So I suppose, do you have any um, strategies that you would maybe talk about with people that are really, I suppose, it, it's not really sitting with them very well. Um, they yeah. don't really know how to make that process authentic to them. Well, just uh, for for a moment, I, I I when I started my career out, uh, I was in uh, retail management, so I, I did uh, a good few years in retail. So I, I really understand retail from that point of view, because it's always about the good touch points uh, to make the people feel more special than they actually are when they walk in. They're obviously in there for a reason. They're browsing. They're doing something, but something's. Uh, got their imagination to actually visit that store. So make them feel welcome, make them feel comfortable, make them feel that they are special, that make them feel that they're valued. I think this is so important to make sure that you really understand the people that are actually coming in. They don't want to be hassled, they don't want to be hounded, but they want to be appreciated. So when they do come in into any retail store, and I worked with, I've worked with a number of retail stores in my time training them to be more effective what what they do it's just to notice them just to say hi how are you doing today are oh, the weather is a little bit terrible and the weather is terrible today in ireland but you you know just spark off a conversation but not a conversation about uh just a normal conversation that uh, you welcome them into the store and go uh, uh and respect them because what we're doing here is we're building up relationships with our clients because what we want to do is hope that they come back in again and visit you. Like the big chain stores uh, that people come in mass, 
but it is to respect them and it is to see them from their point of view. If they're going out and browsing, and people do in retail, as we all know, don't go up to them, anything I can do to help you? Uh, and, you know, you know what you're going to expect, don't you? Yeah. You know yeah. what the obvious thing is going to happen is, uh, no, no, no. So you've given them a sort of a an open and closed question. And you go, no, leave me alone. Rather than the approach of just having a general conversation with someone. Uh, mm -hmm. Because, you know, you go into a big retail store with lots of clothing. And I worked uh, a, a few years ago, I co-founded uh, a online fashion store. And I had to go out to independent fashion boutiques and I used to help them sell their products online. And I would stand there and look at the, the, the approach, some really good approaches and some uh, terrible approaches. It's really to engage with the person and get them to talk about what they want. It's all about them. It's not about you. Engage in a conversation, build those relationships up one at a time, especially if they're return customers. And if they, if you know who they are and you remember who they are, I said, just bring that up in subject. Oh, you came uh, a month or two ago. Bring that up into a conversation so you can build those genuine relationships with them because sales is always about relationships. Retail, business to business, business to consumer, it makes no difference. It is that connection and that connectability, the likability, the trust. Trust is one of the big things that you can always do within sales. Yeah. Say that you can help them. Say that you will do more than they ever expect you to. Because people like that. Whether it's on the phone, whether it's customer service, it's all the same. It's all the same. And use your language correctly. Mm. I think language is a big one. I think definitely. And I think you touched on it there. Um, when you said the whole closed questions and open questions thing, and I think built in that kind of trust, I suppose from for anyone listening out there that is managing people, um, what would you suggest that they maybe look at doing or maybe do? And you know, we, we do kind of, we do a lot of role plays in, in retail, yeah. and that's obviously the best way to kind of, I suppose, to reenact those scenarios yeah. that happen, be it a, a bad customer experience, you might want to reenact how to deal with that, or again, rejection, you know, you mightn't be getting the basket value up. So, how do you deal with that? Would you have any, I suppose, ideas or strategies around how maybe you can you can improve on that and um, those kind of soft skills or what you would do? Uh, one of the biggest soft skills is that thing between there. <laughs> it's yes. Really yes. intently listen. Listen yeah. to understand. That yeah. Something that I do is uh, in a role play situation is I get everyone to talk at the same time. Uh, you might have experienced that when we were doing the ISMI stuff. But the reason I get everyone to speak at the same time in a role play situation is because I want to make a point is what did you hear? What did you notice? What did you understand? And generally, no one notices anything. I said, well, that's what's going on in your head because you're automatically thinking of the next question to ask, the next thing to say, rather than really listening to understand what's actually being said. The clarity of looking at the person, reading them, and I, I did a post the other day, is listening with the eyes. And what I mean by listening with the eyes is you're feeding information and you're listening to the body language. You're listening to what they're actually saying. The face and the body language is absolutely core and key to really understand what they are. So as we know, a lot of what we say is nonverbal. A lot of what we do is nonverbal. So you're listening to the variances of what they're, they're actually, you know, when you've, uh, you know, the from the tense of the body language, it's either closed or open. And you know if their uh, the head might be moving to the door after you approach them in the sales process because they want to leave because you've approached them in in a negative connotation, as opposed to a positive way. So when also you listen again, you're listening to the tone, the tonality of how they they're actually saying it, so that you can actually listen a little bit more intently to maybe understand, uh, ask a question paraphrase back to them what you've understood thing that always that you go to a really good posh restaurant and they come around the table they take your order and they memorize it if it's a really good restaurant rather than writing it down and then they go around the table and then they go well you got that you got that and you got that and you got that 
That's professionalism. That is the core essence of what we do as sales professionals. And that's a waiter at a really top restaurant. They go around and they just repeat what has been said individually. Oh, you wanted that medium rare. You wanted a, a glass of Chateau off the pap with that and blah, 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 whatever else with that. And that is really listening and deep listening and actively it's whatever you want to call it it's just proper listening it's really and so that takes lots of practice lots of core role playing understanding practicing the real world and getting some feedback from the customers by the nonverbal cues what they say and because that's hugely important so that's just one area that we can we can do but then it's the language that we use around that. Everything has to be uh, done in a positive sense, positive language and the linguistics that we use. But it's okay to be quiet as well. Because what we have in salespeople, we always think that we're doing most of the talking. I'm probably doing most of the talking today. But in reality, we do 30% of the talking and 70% the other person is doing the talking for you. It's all about them. It's not about you. That's the way to always say it in any form of sales, whether it's retail, business to business and business to consumer and whichever facet that you want to see, it's all about them. So listen to understand and ask some really good questions about what they need and what they desire and what looks good and what feels good to get them into the future state of what they can see in their heads because everything is done by our mirror neurons, which is in the frontal lobe of our brain. People like people and brands they like and trust, but they also like people and brands that they can connect with. So if your brand, your retail brand, you're the personal brand within the organization. So start getting up there and doing it. Hmm. I just, I just some really great, um, really great insights that you gave there and I'm just going to go and I'm going to pick them out but as you were talking the paraphrasing really powerful and I think and um, paraphrasing you can actually sometimes use that I use that in coaching where I might repeat back what the client says so I think that's really important paraphrasing back to the customer and um, I think again you said the 70 30 rule so 30% of the talking and um, from yourself if you're a sales associate and 70% of that customer telling you you're just asking those great opening and mm -hmm. um, ended questions and by making that a top class service really using those you know we've uh we should be using these twice as much as we're using our mouth so definitely and i think it's quite hard sometimes with salespeople because they are quite they're quite enthusiastic and they're quite bubbly and and they they do they're quite passionate and i think sometimes that passion maybe is where they're maybe talking they're quite extroverted usually a lot of salespeople they they, they do like to talk a lot i mean that's how they connect and get their energy so i think it's maybe finding that happy balance where mm. they're they're talking but they're also getting that connection going with with the customer i suppose do you have a, a do you have you ever had an experience you can share with us whereby you talked about the restaurant there but where you can say this is the pinnacle this is where i feel sales should be at um and this is where sales is at, at the moment where do you feel that gap is at the moment um as a sales relationship coach um, it's the soft skills, um, yeah. the, the hard skills, which is the technology and all of that. That's the easy to learn. The yeah. soft skills is the, the language, how we question in the right way. And it really is to peel the onion, really understand where the core actual value actually is for the client and how mm -hmm. you can actually impact the client. Um, something that I've learned, um, I've, I've recently mastered a training, the trainer on, which is in uh, consultative selling. And it is, and it always is, it's peeling the onion, asking another question, ask another question, and then ask another question. Like, it's not an interrogation here, so make sure that we don't get there. It's a, we're not being FBI, we're not being held up to ransom or whatever, but it's yeah. the negotiation and um, asking the right questions to make people feel quite comfortable about where they actually are. And we, we talk about paraphrasing. I think that's the utmost respect because people like to be heard. People like to be understood. So when you do uh, say things back to the client or paraphrase it, or package it back to the client in whichever shape or form, I think people appreciate it because, you know, you've been understood. You know that you've been listened to. They know that uh, 
it's all about them and it is it's all about them and the value that you can bring to them to the table so all of that plus more it's practice 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 and again uh, nothing comes easy so even when you're think that you're an expert of what you do practice even more learn about the the latest things that can help you move forward because it's always about moving to the next step um there's no such thing as failure only feedback but once you get the feedback it's feed forward so feed forward is really to bring yourself in a positive sense it's how you can learn from what you've done to how you can learn to what you're going to do and improve on the the, uh, the strategy the approach that's going to work better for you next time so it's always about the next time put yourself in the present plant yourself in the future of how you can improve that uh, uh, approach the strategy that process whatever it is and it is uh, a natural process and just to come back to what you just said um salespeople can be bubbly they can be extrovert but there's also really good passionate introverts that mm, are i actually was going to ask you about this Yes, extremely yeah. good salespeople mm. because they're not the ones that are going out. They're, they're probably a little bit more standoffish, mm. but that's a good thing because yeah. everyone is different. So mm. there needs to be a different approach for every single person. They can be extroverts, they can be introverts. So mm. it's also about really understanding the the the, the areas of uh, the the communication that you when you approach someone. And as I said, there's we have something in our brains called a mirror neuron. It's likability, trust, and that connection. So you have to change your style to suit the other person because they, if they're all like that, and then maybe jump up <laughs> down, maybe you need to be like that. But maybe if the other person is quiet and solemn and calm, maybe you need to be like that as well. So have the approach that works for the client, but also you feel comfortable in doing yourself yeah i was gonna say actually because uh because well, uh, uh, it the be the authentic you be yeah. the person that you truly are don't pretend to be mm. someone that you're not and yeah. i've got a 12 year old daughter and you know when they dance at that age they pretend to be their famous pop style their tiktok yeah. or, or whatever that's good but mm. again you had to bring it back to hard facts if you see mm. someone that you like and trust and respect they're out there in social media or their um I, I don't know top presenter or whatever it might be something that you admire take mm. the aspects of what they've got bring mm. it into your own yeah I, I i was listening to you there and and what came up was that and and i do this in coaching it's it's the whole mirroring so you know um i would have quite high energy naturally i'd be quite um but, but when I've a client that maybe is is at that maybe a lower energy level that mm. I would try and match and that's obviously to make that a safe space for them so I can totally relate to the mirroring and um, it's, it's making that person a little bit more I suppose comfortable but relatable also to you and building that trust factor which is super important I think as well um I I worked in 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 a lot of different retailers okay some massive ones with 600 plus stores i worked in really small ones um and what i always found and i could never get my head around it was jason it didn't matter if it was uh, a person that ran that business as a sole trader or it was a massive organization they would very much have a one-size-fits-all model and you touched on that earlier um and it was something that i could never actually get my head around because I had all of these different personalities in my business, but I had the same induction program, the same yeah. sales modules to do with everyone. And we're really boxing those people off. And, and it never used to sit with me because, you know, we, we measured these metrics based on, you know, that they had to behave a certain way, but we're, yeah. we're not being authentic when we're actually asking people to behave that certain way. Um, yeah. What's, what's your take on that? Because that's something that I I always was like, if I ever go into training, it will never be, you know, that whole, you have to be this certain way. And I loved when you brought up the extrovert piece because it was something that was in the back of my head because yeah. I have worked with extroverts and sometimes they feel they don't fit the mold, but they're actually really, really great sellers. And you don't hear them on the shop floor, but yeah. what you do see is you see them bringing the customer to the till and they have a ginormous sale because yeah. you know what? The customer really bought into that 
their personality and them being the, their authentic self, like you touched on there. Yeah, I think I think that's all very core, and it, it is matching the the people to how they are, not you are. If if they're standoffish, then um, you approach it in a slightly different way. And mm. I was while I was thinking that uh, I go to uh, my favorite retailer in town. Uh, I've been going there for years. They know me by name. Love I did it. some business with them ages ago. But I go in there and they go, "Hey, Jason." I go, "Hey, Stephen." Hey, Bobby. And they go. And they go, oh, I've got some lovely, beautiful stuff that we got in from Spain the other week. Uh, I, I'll show it to you in a minute, but would you like to have a beer first? And I go, oh, yep, I'll have a beer first. Uh, and I sit down there and relax. And we start chatting about the weather and we start chatting about, oh, where you've been and all of that. And it's really nice and really engaging, really nice setting and just feel nice and chilled. Uh, I did go in there with the kids the other time. He said, oh, I bet you said you better go and come back another time without the kids. So they were <laughs> laughing and joking. And we were having fun. And mm. that's what I liked. And it was a, a, a really personal, they've been doing it for years. So they are really experienced about what they do. And then they keep bringing stuff out. Said, ah, oh, I think this would look lovely with what you've got and how, how you style yourself. I remember you from last time, Jason. Uh, and mm. uh, these sort of will fit you or whatever it might be. And a really good personable approach. Mm. And that's what the independent retailers do really, really well. Yeah. Especially the ones that have been doing it for a while. But you know when you get that special experience, the larger brands are probably slightly different. But it makes the difference. Even when I was in Dunn's stores the other day, it makes the difference when you're at the checkout that the people just go, hey, how are you today? Mm -hmm. And really nice to me, making me feel, and they start having a little bit of a conversation with me. And that is really good. I like that. Uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. happen all the time, but... I remember that. Mm. And that's the thing that we need to transfer is we need to transfer that experience, that emotional connection. So they remember you for the next time and you look out for them. You look out. Uh, I just mm. had my hair cut for my barber and I always look out for my same barber because I built a good relationship with them. And yeah. they come back and we had the same banter and same chat uh, with retail all over should be similar. Should actually be that personable experience that you like, trust, and you can do that on the bigger brands as well. So that's where we need to slightly vary the the training, the induction training that people get to make it more of a practical approach to how humans sell. And we are humans at the end of the day, and we all are slightly different, and we all like to feel special and nice and trusted and connected with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I do, I do think what you touched on there, it really brings it back to basics. I think brings it back to, and, and humanizes it a little bit because I think a lot of brands get caught up in, in product that, you know, and, and a lot of, a lot of retailers I speak to, they're, they're talking to me 60 to 70% of the time about that product. Yeah. But what they don't realize is most people have these things now right we've yeah. already done your research so most of the things that were if it's a high price ticket item or if we have an idea even if it's an outfit i might yeah. look at something on instagram and go actually i really like that outfit i might go to my local boutique or local high street retailer and go i want to actually create that outfit because yeah. it could be hard for a night out so most of us have done a little bit of a research i think what you touched on there was asking those questions the needs the the trust piece and i do think a lot of things i speak about with people is um, independent retailers and large multinationals can learn from one another mm. and I think definitely the customer service that the large organizations can learn from the independents and from a structuring and operational aspect the independents can learn from the larger scale on a smaller scale so you yeah. know it might be the management of different aspects of the business but I just think um, I think that approach is is it's just so refreshing to hear now I listen to a podcast you've done because I could listen to you all day you're really easy to listen to and your I, personality I, I'm good at time sleeping I help people <laughs> go to sleep <laughs> you're, you're not on the calm app you wouldn't be on that calming app definitely you'd be on the opposite the energizing app if there was an energizing app jason will be on that to give you energy but i love listening to you because you're quite bubbly your personality but when you listen you've a lot of energy with you so uh, 
I find anyways that I always go in. I'm like, oh my God, that's a little bit of a light bulb moment. But when you've done a podcast recently, I heard you talking about subconsciously selling. And I just found it really interesting. And it was actually, it came up about two, three weeks ago where someone was talking about passive selling. And I was like, wow, I've never really heard a lot about this Mm. subject. And then you talked about subconscious selling. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that because I know personally speaking and knowing a lot of retailers, we don't hear a lot about this. So um, can you tell me a little bit about what that is? Well, unconscious subconscious selling is like, we're already getting that every time, uh, Mm. everywhere and all the time. If we have a look around where we are now uh, and we see subliminal ads uh, everywhere online, we're everywhere on the world, but it's planting the right seed in people's minds. So they build up an image in their head. And the way that we work as human beings, that we're emotional human beings, we see, smell, hear, so on and so forth. So we use central information when we describe something. And the best way to make a really good impact with people is to build up a narrative around something that they resonate with and they like and they can connect with. I I'm keep using the words connection because it's so key when we actually are speaking with people and to create these stories, these metaphors, these analogies that really help keep people connected and use your language in the correct way that it should be understood. So we are you're jumping in my head and vice versa. And you're ju- I'm jumping in your head because you build up these pictures around things. Mm. But you know, when you say, uh, I don't know if you have kids, I don't think you do, but uh, you probably will do it at some stage. And when, the, when they're running down the road and you say, don't run, what do people hear? What do the kids hear? All they're hearing is run. Yeah. They're not hearing stop. So maybe you just need to say to your kids, would you mind slowing down? just for a moment yeah so it's all to do with your tone and your tonality it's how you project yourself in the correct way so you can think about things in the right and positive way so you notice that i've used my language in the correct way because what i want you to do now is just to remember things in the correct and understand that these things are right for you we're here selling a product but we're really here to understand how this product will work with you and make sure that this product actually sits in your pocket and then it's reachable as and when you actually need it does that make sense and you can have it so products will be there to be used you're planting the seeds inside people's head in an integral way in a not um manipulative way Mm. but a way that is good for the person and the way that is good for the customers that they can feel valued and that they can feel good and we get it all the time we all want to buy it all the time i'm planting seeds in my mind all the time because i want to buy something else yeah uh, you know we do that all the time to ourselves but marketeers are extremely good at that in planting seeds in your head that you when you're walking down the high street or you're going online you go oh i, I want that uh mm. And these uh, listening devices, our phones and all that, they're they're throwing stuff at us subconsciously and unconsciously. So it's resonating in our head. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I love that because sometimes we don't realize it. We, we, you know, and it can be word of mouth. It can be a post we've seen. It can be. And it was quite interesting when you were talking about that pen scenario there i don't know if you realized it but you would act you obviously don't on purpose you actually said the word need and it was but it was said in a way where i said where is my pen <laughs> <laughs> have you got yeah. a pen? i've got loads of them here I, I, I've, got, I've got a whole I, collection yeah i actually where is my like i i kind of was thinking about a pen and then you mentioned pockets so i did visualize a pen a pocket and then i actually looked for my pen and it was over there to the right of me but it was actually it's 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 really interesting i think and i think language as you said is super important you touched on connection storytelling in brands i found it super powerful when i used to work on the shop floor and um, with my team that that a lot of the brands i found that done really well were that there was this bit of a story behind it and um, it wasn't just sitting on the shelf mm. and, and and i work with a lot of women that are selling they're, they're starting a product-based business and we always go back to the kind of story piece and um, how important do you think that is in 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 in, in building a relationship or, or selling um for you 
Oh, it's hugely important. It's yeah. one of the biggest things that you can ever do. And uh, making feel people feel special, like uh, depending on the, the the service or the product that you actually have, mm -hmm. it's just imagining what it would be like once they do have it and they do start to experience having it. It's like I'm looking for a new phone at the moment because my one's just, I've had it for a year and a half and I just get annoyed with it after. But I've pictured in my mind what I want to have. And, you know, you could, you could, you can do that to your staff. You can do that in a positive way to motivate your team. Like I just uh, transferred a little bit of time. Motivation is all intrinsic. It's all inside of you. When you think about how to motivate others within your team and your retail team is to find out what motivates them. What are their outcomes? What do they need? What do they want? What are their desires? It, especially if it's, uh, if they're motivated by commission and a lot of people do get small amounts of commission, but what would that commission mean to them? Once they actually have that commission, what they're going to buy, what they're going to do, what they're going to spend it on, how they're going to use it, but how are they going to engage with the clients and customers to make their approach even better so they feel special. And then, then the commission will come automatically. So the motivated is to help people get what they want. And that's the key, helping others to get what they want once you start to feel needy, once you start to feel, ah, I'm coming towards the end of the month, and it happens in every industry, you start to feel stressed. Uh, people see the stress that you're going through. They see it straight away, and it, it's off-putting to the other person in professional relationships and in personal relationships. That happens once you get those stressful situations that come up in their head. So, so I, I, I jumped around a little bit. As I was thinking of something else, I just had my uh, smoothie. So uh, lots of sugars running to my head. <laughs> um, I suppose rejection, you talk a lot about, and I, and I hear this as well, and, and I've heard you talk a little bit around this, um, dealing with rejection. And I think this can be a tricky one, especially when um you're on you're you're in a customer facing environment so when we're on a call i think it's maybe a little bit different but when we're facing and i always used to say that you know this is our stage so when you're on that shop floor that's nearly your stage it's nearly a performance you know you're you're showcasing how brilliant the brand is and da, da, da. but i suppose the rejection piece like what do you find are the biggest obstacles for people overcoming those rejections? Because I find a lot, a lot of the time it does affect their confidence. Um, yes. It really does. And I think especially at the beginning of their journey, they, they really do take a personal, especially if they're new in sales and uh, yeah. they, they find it hard to overcome that a little bit and their confidence might take a knock. What, what would you say would be something that you would maybe work with on if you had that issue um in front of you right now how would you deal with that well uh, the key thing with that happens in all areas of business yeah. so uh whether you're in retail whether you're on the phone uh whether you're in uh having a one-to-one -one meeting business meeting or whatever i always say no means not right now because there's always someone else as well as long as your pipeline is good as long as the customer experience is good, as long as you feel good in yourself, like what actually happens when you do feel rejected, your body language goes down, your shoulders go down, your head goes down, your tone, your tonality goes down, your, 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 your breathing goes shallow and it goes from the top. And for some people you go a little bit blotchy. And it is one of those things that you just have to change, try and do what you can when you do it is to change your state um yeah. the the challenge again is our flight flight or freeze mechanism is we run we uh stay there or we freeze and the mechanisms in the modern world is anxiety stress and there's been a lot of that over the last couple of years yeah. and it's it's dealing with it in the right way it's it's understanding that it's not you because it's not you it's the transference of information between one for you rejecting and you actually feeling it inside. Look, there's hopefully there's plenty more customers around. So you can, it's practice and it is resilience. It's a, it's a challenging thing to do. It's a challenging thing to master. It is patience. It's speaking to other people. It's uh, speaking to your uh, colleagues, your friends, your manager, 
other people around you uh, and talk about what actually went on and get their understanding. Uh, so the next time says, well, that happened to me, but next time I did that. So try different things and make sure that you're, it's, it's, it's being comfortable in your own skin again, especially when you're new into sales. It's really, you're thrown out there and you get, you're terrified uh, and then someone rejects you and you think it's personal, but it's not personal at all. It's just the mm. way it is. But it's once you understand that, once you're comfortable in your own skin, speak to people around you, uh, do a role play, do other things like that. So it becomes a muscle, uh, that muscle that you have to exercise, which is that resilience muscle. Mm. And it takes time and it takes practice and it takes effort to do it correctly. Uh, it's no easy thing. We all still get it and we all mm. still get rejection. And sometimes depending on our state of mind, let's be practical about this. It can affect you tomorrow. It could affect me today, uh, whatever. But then it's our bounce back. How do we bounce back from that to make yourself feel good again? And it's getting that back into the state. To, between you and me, I like to listen to comedy. Uh, uh, but the retail floor, you might not have that. But have something that makes you smile. Yeah. Make, make someone uh, have, a, have a joke with you. So you just get back giddy again. So you, you can feel good. Once you can smile... You just notice the difference. You're a really smiley person. I've always noticed that about yourself. Really <laughs> smiling. There's always a beam. There's nice energy around you. So it's getting that energy back and making yeah. yourself feel good. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I think you you brought up two kind of things there. I think that people can definitely take in, and it's having that resilience. You said I talk about the bounce back ability. So it's like a little bouncy ball. How do we bounce back again? And I think the role play that you said and having having that little bit of fun as well that when it does happen that it's not you know in your head it might seem like a life or death situation you know that you've lost yeah. this and you know it's all on the line and it's not really you know um but you know having that having that kind of that foresight but but also by 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 talking to those people and and hashing it out that it can it can maybe take away the the, the seriousness or yeah. the the um you know you might feel disappointed or whatever that might be I think it's really good. I think at the moment um, with, with COVID and stuff, people are trying to claw back money that they've missed. They're yeah. trying to get their sales up and they're, they're, they're feeling that, you know, people are coming in and they're not converting as much. So I think definitely I'm um, holding it in and building, like you said, the relationship and something what we used to do was we used to always, I used to always say, um, if we can just go into work and make the customers our friends, if, if we have a new friend, um, that we've actually done something positive and it, it won't always result in the sale that day but they will come back um you absolutely know, a couple of weeks later and you know they pop in if they're buying their bread in the bakers down the road and they pop in and just say hello how are you today louise and we come up we'd have a bit of a, a bit like with you i wouldn't hand out a beer now i'd probably be fired but uh <laughs> you know <laughs> We, we we would talk away about what they had, you know, in their bag, if they went yeah. to bakery or if they had a coffee, you know, did they have their normal latte or, you know, whatever that might be, you'd have a little bit of a gnash about it. So I do think that's really super important. Um, where do you see the kind of future of sales? Because there's this big focus at the moment on digital and experiential and all of this sort of thing. Where do you see it going? We know that digital is going to play a big role in, in customer experiences and stuff like that. Where do you see kind of the that side of things going with sales going down the line? Um, like I, I did a presentation in uh, Silicon Valley probably in 2000, 2016 in front of VCs about uh, people tracking uh, and the experience within the shop. I, I was working in people tracking at the time, which wow. is uh, connecting people as they come into the store and then connecting to the tills. But we were talking about artificial intelligence at that point. We're talking about everything connected with that and then going up into the cloud. So we have a real-time data about the people that come in. So where we were going is the experience that, uh, with uh, facial recognition, understanding who's coming in, happy, sad, or indifferent. So there's going to be a lot more of that within there. But really, I think we still have to go back down to, with all this technology, digital and all that, yeah. it's still that connection between people. And the soft skills is just hugely important. Um, and I think 
everything that I read, everything I understand about that. Uh, sometimes digital is a bit of a screen in front of yeah. us. It's a bit of a blocker, but we just need to move those things away and get back to the grassroots of things is okay. to connect with people on the emotional levels that people like. That's why people like going into shops and stores now. It is great to go onto Amazon or wherever you shop and get stuff that's instant and mm. uh, start to know all the delivery drivers once they come in. But really, want is, is, it is about that experience and you want to feel special. You want to feel on the next level. That's why if you go to the US and you go to any retail store, they just like fall over themselves to make you feel good inside. Maybe they incentivize that way. So a lot more of that, a lot more feeling special, a lot more of a connection and being understood and those soft skills. So I've probably said soft skills enough times, really. But it, it, it's so powerful. It really yeah. is. Mm. I think I read somewhere that... Uh... The, the the biggest the biggest skills gap um i think it's for 20 2030 they're predicting 2030 is actually what you said there so it's actually um those soft skills those people skills that we talk about those interpersonal skills you're talking about the relationship building skills and um, because what happened with covid even though it fast forward a lot of amazing things have come out of it I think for, for a lot of people, it has, and what you've said there, caused that little bit of a block with with, mm. with connecting and communicating with each other. And and I've seen it, I've, I've gone to some events and there's still that little bit of weariness and there's still that little bit of, you know, and I can understand it's still quite prevalent at the moment with the COVID. Um, but I, I definitely see that. And, and I, I hear people saying sometimes, um, you know, bricks and mortar won't exist and all of this. And I'm like, no. No, it will, it will, because people need to connect to people. And yeah. that's that that I think will be more used as a what you said there as a as a connection to really is is connecting and it's a community feel. And the story you gave about going in with the beer, I think it's 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 one of those stories that if you could encapsulate what it is it does for people and um, emotionally, yeah. mentally, um it's what you just said there in that story. So I just think it was really super powerful. Yeah, it's just getting people to come back, people to feel special, uh, and they will come back. And it's if you have the sale in mind, then you've lost it. But if you, again, people will come back uh, because they might just be browsing and they might yeah. come, if you're good to them, they will remember that and then they will come back inadvertently in uh, a day two i think you've already alluded to that already they they will come back again at some stage yeah yeah i think and it and i've seen it and um, we, we would do a lot of um we would do we used to do people stopping so where we would go out onto the high street jason and we would give out samples if we had yeah. a product launch or whatever that was and, and we always used to measure because obviously we've uh, you touched on there, you trackers, we would have footfall counters. So we would measure the amount of people come into the business and divide it into the amount of sales that go through mm. the, the till. So to measure that conversion in the business. But we would all, you know, the team would get a little bit disheartened because they would go, you know, I've really worked hard, Louise. I've been out, you know, talking to the customers. And I said, you're creating a hype. We're just creating that atmosphere. And we're, and we're building relationships and if all we do is have a nice conversation with someone they'll remember it because how many times have you been out shopping and um, where you've had a really nice conversation with someone that you've remembered um, mm. and you've gone home and you've told someone oh my god I had this amazing interaction with this person and they were so friendly and whatever and and and, and what actually happened when we, when we do those um events where we go out, out onto the high street out into the shopping malls we don't see the return, the return of investment that day. Yeah. And and what I really say is that, and even though we're using man hours in the business, we're paying people, you know, we'd have extra people in to do this, these events. I would say, don't look at it now, but come back to me in the next four to six weeks. And I will guarantee you that you'll see a difference in those figures based on it. And what we've done was we had these, these cards with these codes. So we were able to scan the, the QR codes. So we knew who we gave the codes out to. We were able to track that over the six week period. And it was really amazing to see because you have to remember as well, if you're doing this at the beginning of the month, a lot of people don't get paid till the end of the month. So yeah. 
but they have the card and they have you and and they have that memory and and a lot of them came in and they said the blonde lady and they were like oh who's the blonde lady in here <laughs> and, and you know i'd be like oh was it me on that day or was it the other blonde girl you know so, so they'd remember you by your hair color whatever that is or if you remember the conversation but it would always work super well so i totally understand that bit and i think definitely retailers if we can do more of that, what you said, Jason, more around the relationship first, the sale second. And I know some people that are in sales are going to go, don't say that, but I'm going to say it because I think it just, it, 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 it doesn't work any other way. I don't think, I don't think yeah. it works. I, I was going to, I was just about, uh, while you're thinking that uh, took me back mm -hmm. to my retail days uh, in London. I think what has to be done Every town, every city uh, looks the same with uh, the same shops. But how can you stand out? How can you be the difference that makes the difference? If you have an audience and people walking past, sometimes they have a, a bit of a, a blank of, yeah. uh, they have their heads down. Their, their, yeah. If you can get out onto the street, then yeah. be on the street and then invite people in, engage with the conversation, have a conversation with people. Whatever it might be, you, you might even have a fly, you might have something else, but engage with people outside of the store. Yeah. Because when you're in retail, you expect people to come in. Yeah. But when you're quiet, what do you do? And you're just sitting around going, well, go outside and get them in. Well, yeah. Go out and, that's what I used yeah. to do. Uh, I used yeah. to be in a big shopping centre in the West End. And when it was quiet, I had to go out and get people in. Yeah. That's the only way that you can measure success is bringing people into the space even if they just want to have a look and then you made that connection you made that difference yeah you've introduced them to the brand so I, yeah. like i find that so and i could never understand why other businesses wouldn't do it i would think you've so much it's such a, a big playing field and i remember being in a, a store and it was there four years and every time i went outside the store to bring customers in it was the same thing. Oh, I never knew he existed. And yeah, literally, exactly, exactly. Building. And I would go, uh, they'd be like, Are you new open? And I'd go, No, no, we've been here four years, like four years, you know. And these are people that lived in the local community. Some of them lived up the road. And they said, yeah. I'm so used to just going the same way to work that I don't look at anything. So they go to their same shops. Yep. They're in, you know, they're in their routine and they go to the same coffee shop, they stop off the same places, but it would make such a difference to business and to sales. And even from a brand perspective, you noticed it by, by going outside that people actually were, oh, how do you, how are you introduced to the brand? Oh, I actually was walking down and this lovely lady gave me some hand cream. This lovely lady gave me a little bit of this, whatever it might be. And it, it works so well, Jason. And like you said, we can get caught up sometimes in the four walls we're in that we forget that there's a big wide world the step outside the shop and there's Absolutely. so many opportunities there's so many opportunities um what we done before was we had a i don't know if you've seen this a live window so we actually had someone that was making product actually in the window so when people were passing by they would go oh, what's going on in there and it would actually bring traffic into the store as well so it was it's been innovative and a little bit creative yeah. um and seeing something a little bit different if that yeah. makes sense because yeah no absolutely we, yeah we get used to seeing the same the same mannequins on the window and there was something that uh tiffany's they're, they're a big jewelry company in the us done i just thought it was a fantastic idea so they had all of this traffic come by their store, but they have a very innovative way to, to stop traffic. So what they done was they they had about eight mouse traps. So this is a dark, dark window, eight mouse traps, and there was um cheese on seven of the mouse traps. But on one of the mouse traps, there was this emerald, beautiful emerald, emerald diamond, and there was a mouse, and mm -hmm. he had the diamond in his hand, you know. And it was saying he didn't want the cheese, he wanted the diamond, but it was just so impactful, minimalistic. But it, they, and the thing was, they weren't looking to sell every single thing in their shop. And I think this is what retailers don't really understand. We're not looking to sell everything in our shop and our windows, but that window created so much impact that it brought people in that were curious. So I think yeah. sometimes we can be very creative around um, making these traffic stopping and getting people footfall into the stores that I think is, is quite innovative.
Yeah. Yeah. Just pivot. Do something yeah. different. Be creative. When it's quiet, be even more creative because you have yeah. to inspire people to actually see who you are, uh, where you're situated, and bring them in and go uh, remind them of what you do. That's the that's the key and that's the assessment assessment of it. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Loads of learnings today. I think for anyone that that didn't catch the beginning of this, just to summarise, we're really talking about paraphrasing back, mirroring your customer, and um, you don't have to be an extrovert um, in in order to sell. You can be an introvert, and that also works super well. And um, role playing with your team and um, making as it as authentic as you can. So that's definitely an individualized approach and, and getting people to come up with their own way of selling a little bit like we have our own management style. We have our own way of selling, our own way of operating. So definitely getting your team together, doing a little bit of a workshop around that and um, talking about resilience and bounce back ability. Mm scenarios around this how can we get the team involved how can we create a safe environment outside of store hours whereby we're talking about these we're also dealing with it and seeing how we can work around them in our day-to-day -day life jason how can people reach out to you because i'm sure they've heard loads of nuggets and they're like i want to talk to jason uh uh linkedin you can find me all over linkedin i'm here uh instagram jason a cooper twitter jason a cooper uh, my website uh, jasoncooper.io so remember that jasoncooper.io i'm all over that i uh, have lots of good videos i uh, also have a wonderful podcast called the global sales leader it's been voted uh the up-and-coming podcast in sales leadership for 2021 and 2022 i'm actually number 15 in that so delighted with that but i do it because i like it and i learn from other people that's the reason i do it because i get a really good experience I get some really good connections with other people globally that I can just pick up the phone to any time. So lots of reasons why I do it, not only because I want to be top, but that it's just the, the human interaction and building those really good people and learning loads. So that's, so that's the way I look at things. You're so modest. You're, you're a really modest person, Jason, and down to earth person. And I think anyone that, that meets you or that interacts with you can see that and you're genuinely a really helpful person. And I think anyone that does work with you, they'll be super lucky to have you cheering them on and supporting them in a coaching piece or whatever that might be. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank I've you. really enjoyed talking to you. And um, check out Jason. If you haven't listened to his podcast and you're in the sales field, please listen to it pen and paper you'll have some really great tips and tricks and what to do in your business and how to be a great salesperson thanks so much jason take care cheers